Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Basord and I'm a consultant psychiatrist based at the Betham Royal and Maudsley Hospitals in South London. Joining me today is Matthew Nock, who is a psychologist based at Harvard University, and he and several co-authors have published a paper entitled Cross-National Prevalence and Risk Factors for Suicidal Ideation, Plans and Attempts, and this has been published in the February edition of the British Journal of Psychiatry. So, Matthew, let's start off by asking you a little bit about the background to the study in terms of why you did this study. Sure. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me. The, the, our motivation for doing this study is that, as many people know, suicide is a leading cause of death worldwide. And we believe that suicidal thoughts and suicide, non-lethal suicide attempts are also common, but we really haven't had good estimates of the rates of suicidal thoughts and attempts across different countries. Of course, prior studies uh, have reported on rates and risk factors for suicidal behaviors, uh, but the rates have been pretty variable cross-nationally, and it hasn't been clear whether these differences in, in rates and risk factors are due to the use of different methods or due to true variation across countries. So what we did here was, uh, in the study, use a very consistent, uh, very precise methodology, the same methodology across 17 different countries to answer this question. Historically, I thought there had been a lot of interest in the fact that some countries, according to some research, and I know that sometimes these findings aren't replicated, have either very low suicide rates compared to the sort of world average or very high suicide, suicide rates. Could you comment on those countries that seem to be dramatic outliers and, and what, whether there have been any consistent findings in that area? Yes, there is pretty consistent and pretty dramatic cross-national variability uh, we know best about suicide death. Most countries keep suicide mortality data, uh, and the World Health Organization has compiled these data um, cross-nationally. The, the countries included vary from year to year to some extent, but we generally see an overall rate with variability, usually with countries, say, in East, Eastern Europe in general terms, having higher rates, and countries in South America having the lowest rates, and a lot of countries in uh, Western Europe and North America having uh, rates somewhere in the middle. So we see general geographic variation for suicide mortality data. But again, the question is, will non-lethal suicide attempts and suicidal thoughts follow a similar pattern? Will we see different patterns? Uh, and, and what can we find out about risk factors? Because, of course, focusing only on the mortality data is limited in that we don't, the people who are included in those data sets are, of course, dead. So we don't know, we don't have a good sense of what, what led to their death, what are the most common risk factors or protective factors. So that was also part of our motivation for studying non-lethal suicidal thoughts and behaviors. I thought there was also some controversy about that data in terms of how reliable it was. I thought that, for example, the fact you've mentioned Latin American countries having historically a, a relatively low rate, that could be something to do with that they're often Catholic countries, and in Catholic countries there's a bigger taboo around suicide. So perhaps people who record or have to record a verdict, like coroners, may be more reluctant to record a verdict of suicide in, in countries where there's a stronger taboo. So I thought there was some suspicion that, that, that data across the world may not be reliable and may be open to cultural factors. Certainly. And there, there's two important issues in, in what you've said. There's the reporting and there's the actual um, rates. And they're, they're um, I think, two, two certainly related but slightly different issues. There may be, it may be that there are cases of suicide 
um, we'll call true cases of suicide that aren't reported that way by authorities or by government data. So a lot of the variability cross nationally may be due to, and suicide mortality, may be due to willingness of um, the medical examiner or the government to report deaths in a certain way. Um, and there's certainly good reason to believe that that does have some influence, not, not picking out any particular country or government, of course. And then the other issue is uh, the taboo involved, um, which could a lot of which could be based on cultural factors. Yes, religion has been shown to be associated with suicide death and with suicide attempts, um, and part of the taboo may have a protective factor in that religions, cultures where suicide uh, is more frowned upon, is believed to have worse consequences religiously, those countries, those, those cultures, those religions generally have lower rates. Uh, but pe- pulling apart those two different issues to really understand the variability is a really uh, difficult thing to do. You mentioned um, Eastern European countries as historically uh, having been found to have high suicide rates. Are there any theories as to why that might be? There are, and that's part, that's part of the motivation um, for us to do the work is, in this area. Is to, is to, there's lots of theories about why the rates vary so much cross-nationally and why they're higher in some places and lower in other places. Our motivation was really to, to get some data on this and to look at the different countries, first to get a sense of um, what kind of variability we see, and then to start to look for risk factors to, find, to see if we can find consistent risk and protective factors, and then um, start to develop more uh, country-specific or cultural, culture-specific uh, models of risk and protection. Is it possible that you might be able to say something about those theories as to why Eastern Europe seems to have such high suicide rates? We may be able to ultimately. So, so the the paper that was in this issue of the British Journal of Psychiatry uh, is really a, I think, first step um, in a series of of many papers using this large data set. So this paper reported on just the uh, lifetime prevalence and risk factors um, for suicidal behaviors across 17 different countries. Um, Data collection uh, and cleaning and preparation is ongoing in several additional countries. So I think there are up to 28 countries at this point that we'll have data on around the world. And after we test some some basic factors, such as what is the overall rate, what are the basic risk factors, the longer-term goal of this line of research is to build more um, specific and more precise uh, risk factor models for suicide attempts. I think what's, what's important and unique about this study is that suicide and suicide attempts, while uh, a leading cause of death, is a fairly low base rate behavior, so it gets really difficult to predict with small data sets. Um, this data set, of course, um, right now in 17 countries, we have data from 85,000 different people around the world, provides us with an opportunity to have the, the statistical power to be able to develop really much more specific models than we have been able to previously. So our hope, uh, it's early to say at this point, but our hope is that we will be uh, able to get better at understanding why rates vary and better understanding why people try to kill themselves um, and what factors put them most at risk so that we can improve our ability to prevent these outcomes. Could you say a little bit about how the study was conducted? It appears to have approaching, almost approaching, 100,000 subjects, which must be one of the largest studies ever reported in the British Journal of Psychiatry. How did you collect this data? Well, this study is conducted as part of the, the World Health Organization World Mental Health Survey Initiative, and the credit certainly for conducting the study and collecting all the data goes to the investigators um, in each of these countries. So. This initiative, the World Mental Health Survey Initiative, uh, is a collaboration among the researchers from, uh, as I mentioned, 28 different countries, 17 um, who had data to participate in this study. 
who conducted, um, in most cases, nationally representative surveys within their country, going house to house to several thousand um, people per country um, to, to conduct face-to-face interviews, collecting data about not only suicide, suicidal behaviors, but um, mental disorders, physical disorders, life circumstances, stressors, pot- potential protective factors, and so on, collected all these data within each country, and then pool all these data to examine suicide behaviors uh, cross-nationally. So it was a very um, labor-intensive, time-intensive effort to collect all the data. Um, and now with, with the first 17 countries, as you mentioned, we have um, close to 85,000 cases. This number will go up as we add more countries, of course. Um, but it does allow us to look at, at more cases uh, in, a, in a more finer, detailed way uh, than has been possible previously. Is it possible you could say something about what precautions were taken so that we can be sure that when you're asking questions about suicidality or issues about mental illness, for example, given the stigma and taboo that surrounds these issues in many parts of the world, um, that that we're getting a reliable data set? In other words, um, the prevalence rates in one country being asked for using this survey instrument uh, are, are, are comparable with, the, with the, the rates you're finding in other countries. Right. Another excellent excellent point. Uh, there's, there's several important pieces in, in that question as well. Uh, one issue is, is how the, the interviews were conducted, and I can say with great certainty, you know, much care was taken in putting the interview together, uh, training the interviewers very carefully, um, across all the different countries. So, again, this was a, a, an enormous effort that went into this. And the questions, particularly the questions on suicide, were asked uh, in a very sensitive way. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll save the detail here, but um, they were asked, I think, as best we can ask them, given our current understanding of how to do a careful uh, assessment of sensitive issues like this. The second issue, though, is is with accuracy of um, relying completely on self-report, and there's certainly a limitation there. Um, as with a lot of uh, with, with all large scale surveys like this, um, we are relying on a person to tell us whether they have or have not, in this case, attempted suicide or had thoughts about suicide. And getting back to taboo, that certainly is going to play a role in people's willingness to report. So a lot of the variability may be related to um, taboo or willingness to report um, that varies across countries. And that's something that uh, we haven't been able to take into account at this point, um, but we will be able to by looking at, say, um, as you mentioned earlier, cultural factors, uh, levels of stigma uh, within certain countries, and looking at how stigma may relate to reporting of suicidal behaviors to see how strong that relation is cross-nationally. One of the aspects of the study that I found particularly fascinating was your interest in suicidal ideation. You were also interested in plans and suicide attempts, so a wide variety of behaviors uh, was, the, was the, in, the interest and the focus of the study. But suicidal ideation, I found striking that you were interested in that because surely, and this may sound like a lay view, surely everyone thinks about suicide, no matter how transiently, uh, from time to time. So sh- surely it's a universal phenomenon, so there's not much point asking about it. Well, that's a, a, an interesting point. So we we found was, um, consistent with what you're saying, more people have been thinking about suicide, more people think about suicide than one uh, might expect, I guess, depending on one's perspective. We found that just under 10% of all people across countries uh, reported that they had seriously considered suicide at some point in their life. Um, That fact in itself, uh, I think, is is interesting, but also useful. And it was a useful aspect that I think 
um, is most important from my perspective. Um, knowing who has thought about it and knowing further who has made a plan can really help us better identify who is most likely to make a suicide attempt. And I'll give you an example of, of uh, what I mean by that. We found that just under 3% of people reported making a suicide attempt at some point in their life. Predicting those three people is very difficult. Um, predicting when they're going to make a suicide attempt is, is even more difficult. If we look at ideation, who has thought about suicide, and plan, who has made a plan to, to actually kill themselves, we get much better at being able to predict. So while just under 3% made an attempt, um, among those with suicide plans, 56% went on to make an attempt. So those pieces of information are really useful. And we know that across, the, across all the countries, if a person was going to make an attempt, the risk of doing so uh, was highest in the first year after onset of suicide ideation. So again, knowing about ideation, knowing about plan can give us a better sense of who's most at risk and when they're most at risk. So very valuable pieces of information, I think, for clinicians. Could you give us a sense of what the main findings are across countries? Absolutely. What we found was uh, overall just under 10% of people reported seriously considering suicide and close to 3% reported making a suicide attempt. We saw lots of variability cross-nationally. Uh, as we do with suicide mortality data, some countries were much lower than these global estimates and some uh, much higher. Interestingly, though, across all the countries examined, the onset of suicidal thoughts and behaviors increased significantly during adolescence. And as I mentioned, across all countries, the highest risk of suicide attempt was during the first year in which a person started thinking about suicide. So we're seeing variation in rates across country, uh, but, but much better consistency in uh, the characteristics of suicidal behavior. We also found pretty strong consistency across all 17 countries in the factors that increase the risk of suicidal behaviors or the risk factors for suicidal behaviors. And these are non-lethal suicidal behaviors. I want to uh, remind everyone. What we found is that factors such as being female, being of younger age, having fewer years of education, being unmarried, and having a mental disorder all significantly increased the risk of uh, suicidal thoughts and attempts across these different countries. Was there a particular uh, mental disorder or pattern amongst the disorders that predicted uh, suicidal ideation planning or attempts? There was, and I think this is where the findings get much more interesting. You know, just saying that we've revealed that mental disorders are related to suicide is certainly not, or suicidal attempts is certainly not news. This has been found many times over. Um, but what gets interesting, I think, is we start to look at um, this pattern, as you mentioned. We see that all disorders that, that were measured in the study were associated, or all types of disorders, whether it was mood disorders, anxiety disorders, impulse control disorders, or substance use disorders, were all associated with an increased risk of suicidal thoughts and behaviors. Importantly, we found a strong and consistent dose-response relation, whereas the more disorders a person had, the much greater risk they were at for suicidal thoughts and behaviors. I think a few other important findings to note are that while we tend to think of um, depressive disorders, mood disorders, um, and the like, as being greatest risk factors for suicidal thoughts and behaviors, uh, and they were in the study, impulse control disorders were also a very strong risk factor. And in fact, in developing countries, were a stronger risk factor than were mood disorders. And another important finding is if we look at, again, getting back to the differences between those who think about suicide and those who make attempts, 
the, the greatest risk factor for making a suicide attempt among those with suicidal thoughts was not mood disorders, but was, again, impulse control disorders and substance use disorders, suggesting that these disorders may be related with uh, problems with inhibiting the impulse to act on the thought. So again, thinking about implications for clinicians, um, all of these disorders will put a person at risk, but among those who are having suicidal thoughts, impulse control disorders, substance use disorders might be particularly um, more alarming. Could you say something about the variability amongst countries? What countries seem to have very high rates of ideation, planning, and attempts, and which countries had very low rates? Sure. What we found was that um, overall, as you mentioned, there was pretty significant uh, variability across these countries, with countries uh, on the high end, uh, including the United States and New Zealand, with rates of suicide ideation around uh, 15 or 16 percent, and rates of suicide attempt up around 5 percent. Countries with lower rates um, were those such as Italy, uh, Nigeria, and China, who had rates of suicidal thoughts at only around 3 percent, and suicide attempts uh, below 1 percent overall. So we see, again, overall variability going for ideation from 3% 3% up to 15%, and for attempts from below 1% up to 5%. And why we saw uh, high levels in some countries versus low levels in other countries is, of course, the, uh, the important question here on which we're going to be focusing for the next few years uh, of data analysis to really try to understand why we see this variability and, and to get better at, at predicting it. What would you say are the main implications of your uh, study, and in particular, I'm interested in the implications for clinicians? Sure. So the study is is, is largely descriptive, but I think does have uh, important implications uh, for prevention efforts, uh, but also for individual um, clinicians. Uh, some of these things are, are, I think, just important pieces um, that were mentioned earlier, and these include the periods of highest risk. Um, early adolescence to mid-adolescence, we see increases in suicidal thoughts um, pretty consistently across countries. We also see that the first year after onset of ideation seems to be uh, the, the period of highest risk for making a suicide attempt. We also see pretty consistent risk factors um, for making an attempt that include, uh, as I mentioned, being female, being uh, what we might think of as, as uh, at, at social disadvantage, being um, unmarried, being less educated, uh, and, and having a mental disorder. And we see the accumulation of mental disorders uh, putting a person at high, highest risk. So I think keeping these things in mind is going to be important for clinicians to try and pick out among all of the, the patients that one is seeing who might uh, require more careful suicide assessment. So keeping these things in mind, keeping a checklist checklist of these things and counting risk factors and seeing which are putting person at, high, at higher risk uh, would be a good way to proceed based on these findings. Do you have any thoughts about why uh, you're getting this striking finding that's emerging really wherever you are in the world, that it's young women in particular that seem most prone to suicidal ideation uh, plans and attempts? It seems to be a phenomenon that goes beyond culture and may have something to do with biology. It may. I mean, we can only speculate based on these data. As I mentioned, they're just survey data, so we can't say much about um, biology. But certainly there's you know, other areas of psychiatry and psychology uh, and other areas of science that are, that are looking at why, um, say, you know, mood disorder um, increases 
so much in uh, young women relative to young men. I think that could pay, play a large part in it. Um, as mood disorder, as you know, the, the the rates of mood disorders go up, the 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 rates of um, suicidal thoughts and potentially attempts go up as well. So I think from these data, we're somewhat limited in what we can say about about those factors. I think we just trace our step backwards, and and now that we've identified and are identifying more consistent risk factors cross nationally, start to look at um, what predisposes a person to have those risk factors, or what social um, factors might be influencing these behaviors also. What's the next step in your research? Are you going to be producing some more papers using this data set? And what can we look forward to in terms of uh, the possible analysis and findings? Well, yes, definitely. This, this is, we see this certainly as only the first step um, in a series of, of many analyses and hopefully many papers um, disseminating our findings on this large data set. So as a first step, we want to just look at the variability across countries. And now the goal is to really understand uh, why we see this variability and as I mentioned earlier, really get better at, at, at being able to um, predict and prevent suicidal behaviors. Uh, it's been a very difficult area to make progress. Certainly progress has been made, um, but one of the biggest difficulties has been um, relying on, on somewhat small um, regional data sets uh, where we have only a few suicide attempters. Um, or only a few, a few people having suicidal thoughts, having this much larger, much more representative data set will really allow us to, to, to look at more specific risk and protective factor models. So we hope to do this in a really systematic way over the next several years, looking at different areas um, of potential risk factors. What is the role of different mental disorders? What is the role of different physical disorders? Um, what social stresses might put a person most at risk? What about occupation? what kind of protective factors are there? So among those at risk, uh, what role might religion, as you mentioned, play in buffering risk of suicide, suicidal behaviors? Uh, what is the role of social support? And so on. So we can really get, get better at identifying uh, predictive models that can be used by clinicians and that can be used to target prevention programs to really try and decrease this leading cause of death worldwide. Matthew Nock, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.